0: Hey guys! I'm Allie. And I'm Kavitha, and this is the Open-Minded Reminder, where we find deep meaning in just about everything.
1: Consider this your first and final reminder to proceed with an open mind in any and all discussions, starting now. Wait, I think we just figured life out. No, we didn't. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back, everyone. This is our last episode of this book. Yep. So, if you really love philosophy, sorry to say, this is our last one. <laughs> if you don't like philosophy, then lucky for you, get hope Yeah, we're gonna do a whole different topic, mm-hmm. um, which is to be determined. Yeah. But right now, we're gonna finish this book, and we have a few chapters. We actually have quite a few.
0: Yeah. We decided we we're just gonna like power through. And finish the book, because we really wanted to, one, finish the book, and then two, start, start a new one. I think we're ready to start a new one.
1: Yeah, we wanted to get it done uh, before the new year. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching this, it's almost the new year.
0: Yeah, and if you're watching this, have or this get televised. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching this, tell us how you're doing that.
1: <laughs> and remove the cameras from my room, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Get out of there. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we just begin? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so last week we talked a lot about religion, and there's a few more quotes here uh, this week that also are about religion. And this first one is by Isaiah, uh, the which is part of the quote from the Old Testament. And he said, On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will... Are you laughing? (laughs) I can see you laughing. (laughs) I'm not laughing. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay. And for a second, it just felt like I was like, <laughs> Allie was my pri- my pastor. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm just wow. To her. Um, I understand yeah. why church is so like relaxing. That was really relaxing to hear someone else speak. Yeah, like, read well, that to me. That's
1: the thing. Like, we like we we chuckle, or at least I chuckle when I read stuff like this, just because of how dramatic it sounds. <laughs> but yeah. th- it is comforting to read, and it's. I think maybe, I I wonder if I laugh, one, because it's dramatic, but two, because I'm like, how could this possibly be true? But three, maybe I laugh from some degree of discomfort where I'm like, if that is true, that would be insane. And I like wouldn't be able (laughs) to process it if that's actually true. Yeah. Like he's going to swallow up death forever. Oh, yeah. How is he going to pull that one off? (laughs) But like, if he could, whoa, whoa, what watch kind out! Of mechanisms <laughs> yeah. go into that. What are the logistics for that? Like, now I get why it's like a god that should that is like meant to be feared. Because if he can do that, like God, I'm not messing with him.
0: <laughs> I will do whatever he says. Um,
1: but yeah, so okay, so here we have this quote, mm-hmm. and what are what are your thoughts on this one?
0: So I actually really liked this chapter because I think that like what. Someone said... So, one, it brings up a really interesting concept, which is that, like, we we have no concept... Wow. Well, concept, concept. We have no way to really fathom the world. And so, the way that he describes it in his book is that, like, we get to be surrounded by our favorite people, like, eating food. And one of... So, his... So, the author's father-in-law is a priest, and he talked about this particular passage... And he was basically saying, like, someone asked him, like, really, is there, is that all there is to life? Just, like, being with the people you love and eating? Eating food, yeah. And the guy was just like, yeah, that's it. It's great, isn't it? Like, it, it's peaceful. It's it's honest. It's like you just have your... You're just having your best l- life. Wow. You're living your best life. <laughs> why is that a bad thing? And I, I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Why is that a bad thing? Yeah. Why do we want more than that?
1: Yeah. Like, that, that should be enough because if you think about it, you know, sitting just... and he also talks about it in this chapter some of people's like favorite moments whether they realize it or not are when you're just sitting around a table with friends or maybe when you're driving in a car with your friends like it's little things like that that end up being like such peaceful happy moments where you sort of like look around and you're like wow okay like life is good right now
0: yeah and those are my favorite moments like When there's nothing on the schedule, like when you're just like chilling with your best friends and like not talking about anything in particular that's important, like that's so much fun.
1: Yeah, and I I love the quote where he said, think about those rare moments in our lives when we are sitting around a table with the people we love. Think of the peacefulness and affection we feel at those moments. It feels like something holy is sitting there with us. And I thought that was one, super well said, but two, I like that he... That we're able to have like an analogy or a metaphor of some kind, where we can maybe understand like if God is real, if if religion, this whole thing is like true, that's sort of what it what what we think it might feel like, even though we can't possibly imagine it. Like our I, I think the Bible says like our human minds can't truly comprehend what it's like to be like saved or to feel God's love. I don't know. I'm not an expert on the Bible, but, uh, I like how he's like, yeah, it's think about moments like that. It does feel like there's something holy there during those moments. And that maybe is what it feels like Mm -hmm. to, you know, be with in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. It felt, it felt like when I read that, it felt peaceful It it, 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 in and of itself, like that concept and that idea felt peaceful.
1: Yeah. I like describing moments like that as holy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of cool. I liked that piece of it. I really did. Yeah. But that's all I got from that chapter. Same. So So moving on. on. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So on to the next one, which is um, a quote by Blaise Pascal, a French mathematician and philosopher who is a rationalist and a Christian believer. And he said, When I consider the short duration of my life, swallowed up in eternity before and after, the little space which I fill and even can see engulfed in the infinite immensity of spaces of which I am ignorant and which know me not, I am frightened, and and am astonished at being here rather than there. For there is no reason, why here, rather than there, why now, rather than then? Who has put me here? By whose order and direction have this place and time been allotted to me? Whew. Okay. So that was a lot, (laughs) and
1: I think, actually, if you really take this... that was a little (laughs) bit much,
0: Blaze. Let's just pull back.
1: Just a little bit. He was a little wordy there, not going to lie. <laughs> that could have been paraphrased. I Ellie's giving
0: critique. <laughs> <laughs> ready to
1: go. I mean, it was, though, but if you really, like, take it, take that quote apart, he's saying a lot of what we feel all the time, which is, like, I don't don't we all wonder, like, wow, I can't believe, like, this happened to me now. Why didn't it happen to me six years ago? Why did it happen to me at all? Why was I here in this state when, when I witnessed this versus somewhere else, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. We all, We all question if there's, like, a driving force of... Uh, driving force that you know causes the different things that happen in our lives and it's natural to wonder you know like Mm -hmm. why is this all happening and why is it now versus then like do you ever wonder why were you born in this time period like why weren't you born in like the victorian era you don't
0: nope (laughs) you never wondered (laughs) that uh no because i think i so (laughs) the reason i said that so definitively is because i feel like people have asked me that in the past and i'm like the odds that I live now are just, are uh, equally the same as living later. Right. Or like having lived earlier.
1: Oh, so like statistically you're like, why not now? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. You said it better than I could.
1: I see, I see that. I do like go on thought experiments though where I'm like, wouldn't that be crazy? Like sometimes I get like jealous of like kids that are born like now because i'm like all the technology they're gonna see like in their lifetime is gonna be like way cooler than what i'm gonna see in my lifetime and they're gonna have all these people but then we're also like but then i'm like oh but i got to i got to be a part i got to grow up with like music like taylor swift's music and all these all yeah, this music yeah. and i'm like oh i grew up in a great time and for us so. like
0: those were the novel things like even like just the computer and stuff like that, like being able to experience that was novel. Like those kids, they're not going to be able to experience truly how the computer changed their lives. Right. That I think we were able to. So everything like we were
1: on the transition team. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, were. we tagged them out. Yeah. <laughs> tagged, tagged our older people out. Yeah. <laughs> we subbed in. Yeah. That's so yeah. Cool. So I feel like in a way, like everyone has, and I think there's always something to be said. Like every generation has something that they feel like, wow. My kids are not going to be able to experience that. So, like, if everyone yeah. feels that way,
1: and and my dad has mentioned to me, he was he always says he's like when I was a kid, like we cell phones were not a thing, like mobile phones were not a thing, and now he has this whole computer in like the palm of his hand, and that's and he his life isn't over. Like he's still ha- mm-hmm. there's going to be even more technological innovations during his lifetime. But that is like insane to see the difference between those two. And so I wonder like what's what are we going to see when we're like. 60 or something you yeah, know yeah Technology totally. is gonna be nuts and that's exciting to me totally but he going back to more like what this quote is talking about i he made it the philosopher made an interesting point where he's basically saying like humans seem to naturally wonder about like all these things mm-hmm. but And like, cause like there, there's this idea of eternity Mm -hmm. from like starting now, time will go on forever and ever and ever. And we won't get to be a part of all of it. We'll only get to be a part of a short time. And we sort of like sometimes worry about that or we feel nervous about that idea, but we don't, what we don't feel nervous about is all the time that passed before we were even born. Mm -hmm. So looking backwards, we don't even, we we don't seem to really think about that or miss that or like wonder about that time. We just look forward and we're like, wow, time's going to go on and on and on. But if time is infinite, it also went on and on and on and on backwards mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So which is kinda of weird to think about, but also yeah. it's sort of pointless to think about at the same time. Yeah. So yeah.
0: And that's why like some of it I like when he says, like, um that so he has a quote that says that I just happened to be in this particular place at this particular historical moment astonishes me for the very reason that it is arbitrary. And I like I I really understand that perspective of like it is cool just that we are here now. Period, that and yes. like you know what I mean. Like and that's all cool, miracle on its own, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like
1: the odds that, for example, like the odds that you and I are happen to be on like the same timeline, like that's strange. Like that's so random and doesn't make
0: sense. Like uh, us right. with anyone, really. But then at the same time, it's almost like. But then I can't imagine a world where we wouldn't be on the same. Yeah, you know, timeline. Like so, in some ways, like it is arbitrary, but then it has reason because of that, and it makes sense. Yeah,
1: but, so. Do you think that's like a God that's doing that? That's perfect, like purposely placing people in different in each other's lifetimes for the right time. Because if you think there's a reason for it, do you think that there's like some not supernatural, but what's the word? Divine
0: intervention going on? Well, so that's why I like what he's saying that like it's the it's the arbit like the arbitrariness of it. What's mm. the word, Arbitra- arbitration.
1: Oh, it's the noun of arbitrary? Ooh, I feel like it is arbitration, but. But that doesn't
0: also sound. That like sounds like someone yeah. like a lawyer trying yeah. to figure that's some some crap out. Yeah. But I feel like it's the arbitrariness of it. <laughs> yeah. We that can, makes we can roll me that one. like astonished by it and, and truly thankful for it. Because yeah. I feel like that's that's the difference between me and you two though, right? Like mm-hmm. that I really find comfort from the fact that it is all arbitrary. Yeah. And that it is like us it's it's the fact that like we've met arbitrarily makes me thankful. But in, like, yeah. a different way, I can also see how, like, someone could be, like, I'm so thankful that God put us together. Because I can see that perspective yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I really liked, I liked this chapter. I liked the thought, like, I liked that he brought forward something that was more, like, we're all just here, like, arbitrarily. And, like, let's figure this out. Yeah. You know?
1: There's there a quote in here that exactly described my personal, like, feelings of faith and where I'm at on the religious mm. continuum. Mm-hmm. He says, <clears throat> he says, if I saw everywhere the marks of a creator, I would repose peacefully in faith, but seeing too much to deny him, God, and too little to assure me, I am in a pitiful state, and I would wish a hundred times that if a God sustains nature, it would reveal him without ambiguity. So yeah, it's this yep. total middle zone where like there are so many moments in my life where I seriously like believe. I'm like, "Oh yeah. I think there's like more going on here than just random. I think that there could be a god." Mm-hmm. But other moments, I'm like, "Yeah, no. There's no way." And I I feel like I am in this middle zone where I'm like I just wish there could be some sort of evidence, but yeah. That would defeat the point.
0: Of <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, it would. So yeah, all right. But yeah, interesting in- interesting thought process to, to go yeah. through, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. this next one
1: is by Frank Close. He is a British particle physicist. Okay. Let's go. All right, he says... He looks at
0: things closely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, good one. Frank Close. And it was he, all right, he also, Wait, wait. <laughs> it could have been better.
1: He also speaks frankly about these
0: things. <laughs> 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 we did it. We too did it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're both dumb yay <laughs> all right
1: you are made of stuff that is as old as the planet one-third as old as the universe though this is the first time that those atoms have been gathered together such that they think that they are you i like this quote me too i like this one because it's truly magical sounding
0: yeah and it, it like yeah. it's just like it it's so cool from a science perspective, to build, to think about, like, oh, part of me used to probably be, like, a dinosaur. That's yeah, kind of right? fun, huh?
1: Like, who knows? <laughs> yes, yes, it is fun. <laughs> and that, and I thought, I try to think about why, because there's there's this quote that he says here where he says, nonetheless, the fact that the far-flung atoms that were once combined as me will remain out there eternally provides me with some contentment. Why do we like to like that, that one, too? too. Yeah. yeah, I wrote, I wrote the question why after that why do we so like did, the idea of us like wow we're, wow we're on the same wow, we've been doing this for this whole book we're officially having the same thoughts <laughs> um so like the idea that we're just atoms and energy can't be created or destroyed like why is that comforting to us and why do we love the idea that even though we'll be technically dead our atoms won't be our atoms will yeah. just be out there Combining into other things. Well, and then later
0: right? he says, okay, I do have to admit that this idea of endlessly combining and recombining atoms also gives me the infantile hope that someday those flying, f- those high-flying atoms will gather together as me once more. And I just thought, like, that was interesting because, like, why are we so – why do we hang on so tightly to the, the, the us that we are right now? That we want to, once where we've died, to – be that person again. Like, yeah, we could be so many more things. For some
1: reason, we love the idea of us dying, and then potentially, like statistically, it's not impossible for those atoms that, like you know, bounced around and formed us, could do so again. And that's like I don't know. Like, are we are we naturally narcissist? do we is there comfort maybe do we just fear death yeah Yeah. so i don't know like the idea of never truly dying because our atoms are out there and i like that idea especially with like loved ones that pass away you kind of like you read poems and stuff where it's like i see them in the wind or like i feel them in the wind or like when i'm in this area like i feel their presence and there's a thousand reasons for that but it sort of made me think of this and this is weird because it's from Mm. like a scientific perspective yeah um how like you're they're never they're gone but they're never really gone because their atoms that made them are still there. Yeah, like that's th- that yeah. that can't go away, and that's a happy thought to me. Yeah, that is I like cool. that. But yeah, it's just it's interesting to like think about you know like how that's really all we are is just a bunch of atoms and it's like doesn't make any sense why they would form like who we are and yet here we are yeah and there's so many different versions of us oh and also like this isn't super significant but it made me think of you know sometimes like you see on like facebook or whatever where it's like this person is like identical to cleopatra is she like a re reincarnation of cleopatra Mm -hmm. like what if Maybe she is. Like maybe that it's just the atoms colliding again in such a way. Coming but...
0: back together, yeah. But I don't or, know like enough even about just science. like I mean, even just like yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all and first and foremost, I also don't know a lot about science, but I think like that it could also just be that we come together and like there's so many different ways of coming together as atoms. That it seems like that's a reincarnation, but really, that's not even quite right. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about, too. Yeah, it is. It is.
1: It's insane. But again, the the theme of these last few chapters, to me in general, have been a little, like, nonsensical, where it's like, okay, I'm starting to get a, to a point with this book, and with some of these thoughts, where I'm like, okay, yes, now what? Like, yeah, why are too. we wondering these things? Me too. I, I enjoy it. These are happy, fun thoughts, and I like to think of it, but I don't see... Uh, how that is gonna help us in our current day to day? And yeah, and it?
0: sometimes I feel like it just gets so, so like deep in the hole of philosophy that it's like, all right, like I could I could jump into that hole, but like, nah, I'd rather just walk over it,
1: you know? Yeah, because we we've jumped in that hole a bunch of times now and hasn't always been worthwhile.
0: Yeah, because like even this, like even talking about like, oh, we're all atoms and like maybe our atoms can come together later. It's it like makes yeah, you think but like, now what? They won't, you know. I know that they, well, that's they, like a they creative might. that's a creative thought to have and that's yeah. like a like a form of creative thinking which is awesome and I love thinking creatively but like sometimes it's like mm.
1: that that Adams thought is like comforting to me so at least like there's that there's that purpose that it's serving which is actually interesting because a lot of times philosophical quotes do the opposite and they do that's not true. bring you comfort they that's bring you true. existential terror
0: but this one brought me comfort so at least there's that but that's more science isn't this more science than it is Philosophy. oh
1: yeah you're right That so, is yeah he's a particle physicist
0: and and it is true like all of the things that create all the stuff that we have are were here on this earth before yeah before we were oh
1: and in that this chapter too he talks about like the possibility of like different dimensions and all that stuff and i'm like i was thinking okay. about that
0: i was like in my room looking at the globe that i have and i'm like okay one dimension two dimension three
1: dimension. <laughs> how could i like what's the fourth dimension what could so that what's be the fourth dimension that's the thing and like there's this whole thing where i don't I'm, i've already i've heard of this before where that they discovered those neutrino particles where i guess it's like a particle that that has serves no purpose and they don't they don't think it just occurs here naturally they think it could be from like it they could it could be from another dimension but again I love, sometimes I will go into a deep hole and think about the idea of other dimensions and, like, I want to figure out. I just want to know the answer to it. I clearly don't have the knowledge or the expertise to be one of the scientists that are, that is pursuing that route and trying to find another dimension. So, for me, like, wondering about it is arguably a waste of time until they figure it out.
0: Mm, so, yeah, yeah. Or, like, even know that it exists. Yeah, but... It would be cool, but it would be awesome. I love that they're doing, <laughs> Love that for you. Yeah, Keep totally doing support you, them but... in that effort, hopefully yeah.
1: in my lifetime selfishly they can figure that out. So yeah, that would know. be so
0: cool if we found out that that there's like actually like
1: I wouldn't be I surprised. Mean, there's gotta be, right? I would be amazed but not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right, do you want to do the next one? Okay,
0: yeah. So the next one is by Ludwig Wittgenstein, an Australian Ludwig. Australian psh, an Austrian <laughs> British philosopher. And he said, death is not an event in life. We do not live to experience death. If we take eternity to mean not infinite, temporal duration, but timelessness, then eternal life belongs to those who live in the present. Our life has no end in the way in which our field, our visual field has no limits. Yeah, so I read this quote and I had
1: no idea what he was saying. And and the author... For a second I was like, huh? I read it twice and I still didn't get it, but it seems like the author of this book had a similar problem. So we can take it apart. So the first one, and this is what the way he did it, the author did it as well. The first one is death is not an event in life. We do not live to experience death. Okay. Got it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're not going
1: to know what death really feels like. We're only going to know what it feels like right before we die. Right. So we'll know that feeling, but death itself, we're not going to know. At least we don't think we're going to know. I guess we're not sure about that. That's true. But that, that part I get. If we take eternity to mean not infinite temporal duration, but timelessness, so yeah, so okay, eternity yeah. is time, there's an absence of time, it's not like infinite, it's just that there is no time, then eternal life belongs to those who live in the present. All right, that one, That this is where he lost me, where I was like, how do you figure that? Yeah. Um, but,
0: but now that you've said it, it makes more sense, right? Like, now that we're yeah. taking it slowly, It makes kind of sense.
1: Yeah. Well, and the author says later on, he says, in in Witten, how did you say it? Witten Wittgenstein's Wittgenstein,
0: Wittgenstein's,
1: and Wittgenstein's way of thinking. It is because the present is all there is. It is always the present. So it's the idea of this eternal now, and that was like, wow. That actually, I feel like I am getting some level of mental exercise when I read these because i that that was a brand new thought i had i was able to view the present moment as eternity because we will only know the present moment yeah it will always be the present we as like as much as we dwell on the past we'll never we'll never be in the past Mm -hmm. and as much as we dream about the future we'll never be in the future yeah we are eternally perpetually permanently stuck in the present
0: i agree that like blew my mind because when we think about eternity and he breaks it down when we think about eternity we think like oh forever in the future but in reality, yeah. that's not quite it's eternity now. either because, like, that can also be measured. It's all time from now. Like, so, that, and he said, like, infinite is still a measurement because it's, or it, it, it's not quite a measurement, yeah. but it's, like, kind of a measurement because it it's, it. like, you ha- you can still count all of the Tuesdays, right? Right. From now, which is the example he gives, whereas eternity truly has no time. It has zero time. There's no
1: way to describe it and, or label it.
0: Yeah, and the present is the only
1: thing that truly has zero time. Yeah, it's kind of scary to think that you're just stuck in the present. It's It'll always be right now. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that can give you, like, headaches if you think about it too much. But uh, I like the message of this chapter, which is that... In order to fulfill and, like, seize the day or whatever, we have to be mindful and present. And basically, like, that was Wittgenstein's... Wittgenstein's... Jesus. (laughs) Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein's message from... why do people have to have such hard names come on <laughs> um but that was
0: in the 1800s i just want to hear ali listen trying <laughs> to pronounce this guy's name for like 20 minutes which is fun, yeah i want to hear it all would take me that long versions. that's the thing yeah, i probably I want to hear all the different versions <laughs> oh god
1: but that was in the 1800s so like there's like been there's been this messaging of mindfulness since the 1800s since so, before
0: since since before then. yeah because like the the buddhists and all of them they oh yeah they've been talking about like mindfulness forever and
1: like that that concept brings two thoughts into my brain one is that humans Like, this is important to be mindful. Like, Mm -hmm. clearly it's important if all these people and all this time has passed and we're still giving this message. And the second thing is it shows me that we're bad at it. We haven't figured it out yet. So we have to keep telling ourselves again and again to be mindful and to be present. And it just made me wonder. Yeah, that's so true. Why is it so hard for us? Like, I suck at it kind of too. Like, I know that I do. I spend my life... And I don't know if this
0: was... I was just thinking exactly, I think, what you were going to say about the planning.
1: Yes, the preparation
0: yeah. thing. Was that this chapter? Not quite. But okay. yeah, I like wanna, there's the a different... One? Or I think it was... Let's see here. It was... Because I really want to talk about that when we get to that part. It was Marcus Aurealis, Aurelius, Aurelius. He was the one who okay. was talking about that. But basically, like, in summation, he was basically saying, like... We spend so much time planning, and we live our lives in our future plans, which, like... If we didn't do that, if we are mindful, like Wittgenstein suggests, or, like, every other religion that, you know, Mm -hmm. really stood the test of time, or, you know, like, all the people who have said that, what can we unlock?
1: Right. And, like, maybe we'll feel truly alive if we can be... reach this level of mindfulness. And it's just so hard, because he called me out, and this is in, like, the later chapter, where, like, I... I have a hard time living the moment because I'm constantly preparing for the next moment. Yeah. I thought about you
0: during that chapter. Yeah. And
1: it's like reading my agenda, but like, be- being a preparer and preparing for the next thing brings me peace of mind and like a sense of stability, yeah. which isn't to be like, overlooked. So I don't no, think yeah. it's bad to be like that, but it does like make time go by without you realizing it sometimes. And then you like, sometimes I'll leave, I'll have a full work day and I'll walk out of the office and I'm like, what did I do today? Mm-hmm. And then like, or sometimes I try and I do a practice sometimes before I go to bed. And I ask, I ask myself, what are the, like, what are the highs and lows of my day? Mm-hmm. Because to me, I, answering that question you guys should try asking yourself that because it's actually hard like at the end of the day and you're thinking about the highs and lows you have to in order to answer that question you have to think about everything that happened that day mm-hmm. and how mindful you are if you were mindful that whole day it'll be very easy you'll be able yeah. to quickly recall things and I know when I did not have a mindful day when I I have to like think hard and like do you ever do you ever have like a coworker ask you on Monday like how was your weekend and you're like, what did I do this weekend?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like, weird. Yeah, that that should I, I guess. Yeah. Like, that's like, so oh, true. Where it's just like, it, you just feel like you
1: inhaled it. Yes. Yeah, so you have to, like, go back and, like, think about it. Because we probably weren't that mindful during our weekend or whatever day our mm-hmm. coworker asks us about. And I... So, I just but long story short i just am feeling i'm seeing evidence in my life of my lack of mindfulness and i think that maybe that's a part of the human experience is like constantly struggling to be mindful and maybe not being fully successful at it Mm -hmm. because it's been something that's been talked about for so long and we don't we don't have the best tools yet i think now it's like a trending thing so there's a lot of tools for it but they're not super easy or like successful so it's just weird like humans suck at being in the moment
0: yeah that's so that's so true and like it just, it made me realize how much I'm wasting the now. Like, all this time that I'm spending thinking about, like, future plans mm-hmm. is is one less moment to think about, like, where I'm at right now and, like, what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Which, some of that time needs to be allotted for the future. I agree with you. Yeah, in order to totally. have a good, to, like,
1: set yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: like, there is there is a lot, like, I am constantly thinking about, like, oh, like, next week's going to be New Year's Eve. What am I doing? Like, to- in two days, it's going to be Christmas. What am I doing? Yeah, it's always leading up
1: to the next thing. Yeah, it's always
0: like, okay, what am I going to be thinking? What am I going to be doing? When do I need to do this? How do I need to prepare for that? Instead of being like, oh, it's Christmas in two days. I'm going to spend some time... Really taking time to like wrap presents and like truly enjoy the experience of wrapping presents. That's not what I'm thinking in the moment for sure.
1: And even if you do spend all your time like preparing for Christmas, a lot of like hopefully you would think when it gets to Christmas, then you'll be able to live in the moment because Mm -hmm. you prepared for it. But oftentimes, even on like Christmas Day, we're still not in the moment there because Mm -hmm. we're hyper worried about like Like, oh oh, we got like Like,
0: family's coming over yeah maybe not so much this year do I need to make
1: something like do I have to what do I I need to do do I need to
0: turn on the oven like how do I prep like all that stuff you know even in the moment you're thinking about the future, yeah, which but that also feels natural at the same time, so it's weird, but does it feel natural because we've just allowed ourselves to fall into that rut, or does it feel natural because it's actually the way that we're meant to feel? hard
1: to say, hard to say I, I think, think it
0: I think the latter you think so, or sorry, I think the former, I think that it's because we've just habituated it so much that like we feel uneasy about not feeling at least I do, I feel uneasy about not knowing the future. So I feel like I need to spend every moment thinking about it.
1: Yeah. And also, like, we, I think we've gotten worse over time yeah. where we can't focus as easily and we can't really stay on one thing. Like, I mean, I'll, I, for my mind, I'll just speak for myself, like, my mind goes everywhere. Even, even with one conversation in the morning at work, I'm thinking of, like, six other things while I'm talking to this person. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. Like, that's, I think that we should, we should be actively trying to work on that. But it's just, and there's many reasons why. We've become like that with like our whole shortened attention span, like the media and
0: all this, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, always, it's always the media media in there. It's, we are the media. Yeah. It's a catch all. Yeah. But it's just, we we should, we should try that. Like maybe our takeaway from this is like keep each other accountable for mindfulness.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't that be good? I also think, like, if you have any ounce of anxiety, it's very hard to live in the moment. (laughs) Yeah. So unless your anxiety is miraculously a thousand percent under control at all times, it may be impossible to be mindful in the moment. And then what do you do?
0: Which I don't think that I have. I don't think that I have anxiety. I think that I have moments where I am anxious. I don't think that I have anxiety. Yeah. Not to be your therapist, but I think you do have anxiety. I think
1: I think I don't have, like... Super bad anxiety, but I think I do have like a base layer, yeah, a yeah, thin layer. Yeah, yeah. If 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 I was like if I was a cake, it'd be a
0: thin thin layer at the bottom. It's like your crumb. Cut. It's what, always there. The yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's really thin, but it's holding everything together. It's always your anxiety allows yeah. you to, and you will get it in every bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But it's not going to overwhelm your taste buds at the same time. It's under control. Yeah, but it is a thin layer that exists in the cake of myself. But other people have thicker layers, you know? (laughs) And like some people have none. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a cake
0: analogy. I'm running with it. <laughs> some people are just all... <laughs> that's their entire layer. We only have one some layer. Some people have a plate anxiety. that's like
1: all frosting
0: and no cake. And yeah.
1: That's <laughs> it's difficult. Just shaped
0: into a cake so that it looks yeah. like a normal cake.
1: Yeah, we all have different, <laughs> different compositions going on with that. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I do have some base level of anxiety. Um, yeah, so...
0: Why, Maybe why that's did, why I have a hard I had hard a reason time. for
1: bringing that up. What were we talking about? M- mindfulness and how it's virtually impossible to be mindful if you have anxiety. And I think that's why I've become oh, yeah, such yeah, a yeah. insane planner and preparer and why, like, I have a hard time with, like, last-minute changes in plans or, like, things like that. And I, I think it goes back to anxiety for some reason because I've always noticed that, like, initially I have a, ne- a very negative reaction to those But then, because that means I have to spend the next, like, hour thinking and preparing and figuring out, like, how to, like, make that my new normal now for the rest of the day. I'm always trying to find this, like, status quo. Mm -hmm. But, um...
0: But I think that you feel, like, a deep need to prepare, right? Like, would you describe yourself as someone who needs to, like... You need the moment to prepare. So, like, if Maybe something some gets Maybe it's not prepared. Changed, it's
1: more just, like, planned. Like, for example, if I planned for the next two hours to do whatever I wanted, mm-hmm. as long as I knew that for two hours I could do whatever I wanted, that's enough for me. I don't have to be like, this hour I'm doing this. This hour I'm doing this specific thing. Like, as long as it's, like... Like I could have empty moments as long as it's a planned empty
0: moment. (laughs) Right, right, right. But I think that's chaotic. I think that's the planning. Because like, if you were if you were supposed to do something or no, if you weren't supposed to do something and that was supposed to be open moment, but then your plan gets changed and someone has to meet you earlier, that it gets cut into that time. I usually have a
1: negative, negative guttural reaction. But then I like i I consider myself fairly well adjusted so like then i'm like okay well yeah i know <laughs> i'm
0: just i know myself like the nuance of it is what i'm trying to get at like yeah what i is don't it? like because i know you have extremely good self-management
1: yeah so well i don't know if it's extremely good but it's functional as of now um okay. but so i think that it, yeah it, it's 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 a negative reaction But then after that i'm like okay whatever as long as i can like adjust and change and move things around that's fine Although my least favorite thing is when I have set times in my planner and then like those plans change day up, and then I have to like scratch it out and rewrite it somewhere else. And then the plan goes back to the way it was before. <laughs> Major pet peeve because I already scratched it out of my planner. I'm like, I already fully bought into this new reality that I was going to be in and I, now I can't switch back to the old one. So Yeah. So Anyways, that, that was a tangent we have a lot of chapters to get through. <laughs> Do we? Actually, how many more do we have?
0: Um, we Three, have like one, two. Oh, yeah, we do have quite a few. Okay, yeah, I think we should pick up the piece. Okay. Or we could also
1: skip some, too, if there's some that we didn't really get anything out of. But we should at least read them.
0: Yeah, okay. Oh, but the second one I liked uh, for Victor Frankl? Yeah, Victor. Yeah. Okay, so. This next one. Did I read the last one? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. This next one is by Viktor Frankl, who's an Australian. Ner- I keep saying Australian. Australia's getting all his credit for work they didn't do. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Australia. <laughs> bringing, bringing them through. Poor <laughs> Austria. They're like, we we brought some people,
1: too. Austria killed it. That was Freud.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. So, Viktor Frankl, an Austrian neurologist, psychiatrist, psychiatrist. Uh oh, guys! I think I have to end my podcasting career. Bye, everyone. Nice knowing you. (laughs) Um. Anyways, Victor Frankel. He he said, "Live as if you were living a second time, and as though you acted wrongly the first time." So I love Viktor Frankl. Um, we mentioned him previously in past
1: episodes. You would remember if you listened to those past episodes. But he's <laughs> he's gotten no no shade. It didn't mean to be you shady, know but it sounded, yeah. It yeah. Shady. But for those of you who uh, do not know who he is, he is a Holocaust survivor, and he like wrote a He like wrote a whole book about his experience and like how and how that experience shifted and changed his view on like suffering and life in general. Uh, and it's a fantastic book. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. And it's one of my all-time favorite books. And I learned new things in this chapter about Viktor Frankl because he wasn't super well-respected, it seems like. They thought he was kind of like a joke because his overall his overall meaning is like ha- be a positive thinker and like control what you can and like control your attitude even though you can't control what happens to you. So I think he was one of like the first people who uh, thought like... Even though to us that seems like a very common thought. He was, one. I think, one of the first people that, you know, expressed that, that thought. But – and he got a lot of hate in the philosophy world because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, just <clears throat> control what you can and be positive. And, but there was a lot of thoughts in here that I really connected with, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he got so much hate because this was one one of the things that, like, people laughed at him for, where he apparently said in all seriousness – that I recommend that the Statue of Liberty on the East Coast be supplemented by a Statue of Responsibility on the West Coast, and like, obviously, like it's kind of funny, but I actually I liked that concept. I don't know why people thought that was so like such a strange because like, with Liberty strong-ish? comes responsibility, right? Yeah. So I know that it seems silly because it's obviously, a little like, witty thought, whatever. So if like, you, yeah. If you take it as like a witty thought, then it's funny, but it, apparently he really meant like, all right, who's commissioned? It. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> build yeah. let's build this baby he just felt
1: we needed like the, the the symbolism of responsibility just as much as we like honor and need the our symbolism yeah. of freedom yeah uh which i agree i think that yeah. was a good point and Agreed. uh the and quote, that we we i'm oh, sorry go ahead no you can go ahead no no go ahead. i was just saying the quote that i liked the most i liked his whole nevertheless yes thing Uh, Which, But first I want to read this one. So he says, When Frankel says that finding a meaning of life naturally implies finding something to feel positive about, he is on to something basic and simple. Actually, it goes both ways. Finding something to feel positive about gives life meaning. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is a simple, basic thought. Mm -hmm. But if you really think about it, like, that... It's true. When I you feel get, like it's
0: a simple thought, but it unlocks a lot of power for yourself. Yes,
1: and it's true, isn't it? Like, when you have something, when you're excited for something, you feel this, like, energy run through you. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, and, like, when, when you start a new project, you're excited about. You feel like yeah. you have a purpose. You feel productive, happy. Something feels right. You feel aligned with whatever you're aligning with, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I think it can be that simple find something you like to do find something that excites you and then do it and that's how you can find a purpose for your life yeah totally i like it yeah i liked his his approach yeah and then one thing i want to mention too is this quote like uh his there's this idea of like the quote nevertheless yes um which like when you're faced with challenges or any negative thing in your life or you're just like facing life i love the phrase nevertheless yes so it's like considering And it's, I don't know how to describe it. Basically, that's like, that's, that's a response or that's, that's an attitude you can have towards life if you choose it. Yeah. And I like how it says, nevertheless, where he's that, that word right there is assuming or or it's not assuming it's acknowledging that, yeah, life is going to have challenges. It's not going to be fun all the time and it's going to test you. It's going to hurt you. It's going to put you through the ringer sometimes, but nevertheless, yes, like Mm -hmm. choose it,
0: fully be in it. And I really like that. And choose a positive outlook. Because, like, later he describes it as, like, nevertheless, yes, seems like a better option than cynicism if I have a choice. And I do believe I have a choice. So that kind of just, like, if we're we're in a moment where, or if we have these opportunities where we do have a choice and we do have control over our attitude, why wouldn't we choose a positive outlook rather than a negative one? Right. And, again, not a new thought, but
1: yeah like it's it's a good one and it made me think that if i were to get a tattoo which i don't have any tattoos and i don't have any plans to get a tattoo but if i were to get a tattoo i would put i like the quote nevertheless yes i i always love word tattoos and i i like that one
0: yeah it's a good one not
1: basic i don't know but we're we're just saying it's not basic actually so yeah i mean
0: um i I think that you're you're in a good spot there i don't know a lot of instagram models who have nevertheless "Nevertheless, yes yeah sorry well that's good (laughs) That's they strange. definitely have the dandelion with the birds flying out of it. So, yeah, it won't be on that one. Oh, level. actually, one last thing. Yeah. And I know we don't, we literally
1: have no time to talk more about this chapter. However, I'm going to. Um, there's, this, there's this thing where this whole paragraph about, like, and, and this goes back to his quote, like, live as if you were living a second time and as though you had acted wrongly the first time. And it's all about, like, what would you like, assuming that, that your life up to this point is wrong what would you now do differently? Mm -hmm. And it gives you a good grounded frame of reference. Like, assuming that that the way way you've lived your life isn't the best way or Mm -hmm. the correct way, what would you do differently? And I want to ask you, like, your life so far, is there anything that you would do differently? Because we also live in a society of, like, no regrets, like, Mm -hmm. type thing. But this is challenging, that.
0: I think I I agree with the concept of no regrets because without living the life that I had lived, I wouldn't be able to answer this question. Right. But... Given that, if I had to change something about it, what well, like, would, I would I change? Well, like, would you? Yeah, like, if, 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 like, some divine being,
1: like, woke you up in the night and said, Kavitha, your point, your life to this point is wrong, and that's all they said, what would be your next move?
0: Mm. Isn't that kind of a hard question?
1: But it yeah, might be a fun I, thought I think experiment. That
0: I, I mean, it kind of talks about the next, the next one, which is the unexamined life. Oh, but oh, it's like a little it bit counters different. it. Yeah, it counters it. So yeah. the original quote is an unexamined life isn't worth living, and I think I follow. I like that concept. So I have a I have a lot of things at the tip of my tongue because I do mm-hmm. think that I struggle with a lot of stuff like hmm. confidence and not and like caring what people think and like those are the things that I think immediately I would change. She's so good on that route and like yeah. shift that way. Yeah, that's good. Like that's I good. know that my my downfalls. I know the things that are holding me back, kind of. Yeah. thing. not everything obviously, but. I know the big themes. Yeah. What about you? What would be your answer to it?
1: So, like, the thing is, like, nothing big. Like, I wouldn't be, like, I would choose a different everything. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't.
0: That's true. I
1: I but it would be like it would be like more things like that like different characteristics and where and wh- what my values were what I focused on at different times in my life. So mm-hmm. I think I would try and like definitely give back more. I think I lived a life where I chose the best option for me all the time and I wonder if like if I was told like that's wrong, I would be like okay, well what's wrong? Like what have I like what is what is the one common theme in my life so far? And it was usually like I just did the best thing for me every every, t- every phase in my life mm-hmm. usually. I'm not saying like I, 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 it's not like I didn't help people in my life this far. Like, I feel like I definitely have, but I still like made choices where like I chose the school that I wanted to go to and I chose like all the stuff that I wanted to do. I think I would, if I had it, did it a second time, I would test it out and see how it went. If I like was more outwardly focused and, you know, helped people more and like bought less things for myself and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of shifted my, my perspective that way and see how that would go. But, yeah interesting huh and you know like i would if if it's like it's like the classic thing where if you had all the wisdom you have you had now as like a teenager there's so many things you yeah. do differently yeah. you know i mean
0: you the way that you are as a teenager is the way that you are because you don't have the wisdom because you're
1: learning your brain's developing right yeah.
0: so yeah. okay cut ourselves some slack there okay should we do a speed round for the next couple ones yeah let's do a speed round okay okay so the next one is the unexamined life is surely worth living but is the unlived life worth examining? That's by Adam Phillips. Mm-hmm. So basically he's challenging that, that the unexamined life is not worth living. Which is a famous Socrates quote. Mm-hmm. Where he's basically saying that, like, if you don't examine your life, you can still live it. But if you, if you don't live your life and then choose to examine it, is, that, is there any point to that?
1: yes and the quote that the quote here is like the modern modern man is so preoccupied with the lives he has not lived that he misses out on appreciating the one life he actually has Mm -hmm. which is true stop thinking about what could have been what would have been what should have been um and even even if you go through life blindly without any deep thinking you're that's still worth living but uh yeah i have no follow-up point to that i feel like this this chapter
0: was a little straightforward and so Whether, like, whether you agree with him or don't agree with him, I, I don't know that I would say that, like, I don't know, like, I agree with his sentiment that, like, if you're not living life, then what's the point of examining it? Is the unlived life worth examining? Yeah, and he also, he also talks about the,
1: the danger of having too much self-awareness, which is interesting. Yes, oh, yeah, 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 Uh, Which I really liked. Like, when you have, like, sometimes it says we we need to know when self-knowledge is genuinely useful and when it isn't. And I love that quote. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, because I do feel like you and I both are like wildly self-aware to the point where we can talk ourselves in circles for hours and hours and hours examining like our actions, our feelings, all this, which I think is amazing. But I
0: do think this quote challenges us in the sense where it's like, maybe it's not useful all the time. Because he says, there are some situations where the struggle to know, which is so what we do, we Mm -hmm. sit there and we just try and try and try to figure out like, why are we doing what Mm -hmm. we're doing? But the struggle to know about an experience is a distraction from the experience itself, which like a thousand percent, I totally, totally understood where he was coming from because there's so many times where I'm like, okay, let me sit back and try to figure out like why am I feeling this way? What could I change? And sometimes I wish I would have just been like, no, that's just how I feel. Like Mm -hmm. it's my problem as well, but let's share this problem because there's some things that like I, I can't change, I can't just get to the core of like why I feel this way and then be done with it yeah and that's such a good point. and like and th- doing
1: that is a distraction from the experience itself right I read this and I was like this is my problem with like my past relationships as I like would analyze it to the ground and like not enjoy myself while I'm in it I would either be constantly f- in fear about it ending or in fear about my feelings are uh, how I feel about it or like different things that that they said or that I said and the way our communication is going I'm sometimes I get stuck in a constant analysis of my relationships that I'm in because I am so invested emotionally i like can't help it but like do try and do damage control wherever possible yeah, yeah but that's not that that is a distraction from like why you're even in a relationship mm-hmm. which is like to love and enjoy yourself with this other person and, and share like and share, share those experiences life.
0: and like the good and the bad and all of it
1: yeah so too much self-awareness is bad and mm-hmm. useless so. yeah yeah so okay. i did i did really really like
0: that part of it
1: yeah and okay so this this next quote is by william james And he said, if you believe that feeling bad or worrying long enough will change a past or future event, then you are residing on another planet with a different (laughs) reality system. Oh, I was annoyed by this quote. Why? I loved,
0: I put a heart next to it. (laughs) Really?
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's funny.
0: We had opposite feelings
1: with this one, but, um, I was annoyed by it because I was like, duh, like, (laughs) duh. And also we all know that already, but, we can't, we still worry. We can't help it. That's the problem. Like, and he says it here, whether I believe in it or not, getting myself to stop feeling bad and to stop worrying is another predicament altogether, altogether. So, like, you don't have to convince me that it's a useless activity. Yeah. I know that it is. I, I want to know how to not do it still, you know? Clearly, like, knowledge about it doesn't really... It helps sorta. It helps kinda to worry less. I would say, but but. I feel like
0: it's a good reminder. It's a reminder, like, obviously, like, yeah, we all know the logic of it, that we can't go back in time and change it. Yeah. But it is a good reminder when you feel like, oh man, like, why did I do that? Like, why did I do what I did? Like, how come I didn't, you know, move to this city when I I had the opportunity to, or whatever it might be. So, spending time thinking about, like, what our lives would be like if we hadn't done certain things or had done other things Mm -hmm. is just useless like it's there's no point to it and I think it's a good reminder
1: yeah and also in this chapter just quickly he brings up the point that like in general we are convinced that most of our feelings and moods are beyond our conscious control yeah almost like we're just victims to our feelings and yes. that we just have to like cope with it and go through it but that may not be the case yeah we might have we might have more control than we think
0: and that sometimes we put ourselves in situations where we feel like we're be like like you said like we are the victims and that certain things happen to us because of x y and z like later he talks about a french philosopher named michael de montaigne who mm. who once said my life has been full of terrible misfortunes most of which never happened
1: and yeah. i just thought that was like a funny
0: way to think about it because like how many times do we put ourselves in situations where we think like oh man like i can't believe that happened to me like da 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 da, da. like we spent all this time thinking about it when in reality, it probably didn't affect us as, I mean, not that—not to say that it didn't affect us, but like, it's not as bad, you know, you're, you're living yeah. in the now, you've, you've moved past it, so why spend time right. thinking about it?
1: Right, and usually in our heads, we always imagine the worst case scenario, and very mm-hmm. rarely will that actually happen in real life. Yeah. So we worry all the time over things that never happen, and yeah, we we, we like live out possibilities in our head of like these horrible, tragic things. Yeah. That we'll, we'll never see the light of day, most likely. Yeah. So. Yeah, our minds are a wild place in there, <laughs> but we all knew that. Yeah. Okay. okay
0: next one. Do I read this one? Sure. So the next one is by a guy named Marcus Aurelius, a mm-hmm. Roman emperor and philosopher, and he says, "Do every act of your life as though it was as though it were the very last act of your life." And we've kind of always we've heard this one before, right? I, like, I also
1: don't like this one. No. Because I'm done with, like, people she, being, she like, live, <laughs> live your down. life to the fullest. Like, go out there, seize each day. I'm done with, like, the pressure to live this, like, great, glamorous life. I mean, I, to me, like, I get that energy from this quote where it's, like, do every, every act of your life as like, we're the very last act of your life. And then I'm like, okay, in theory, if it was the very last thing of my life, I probably wouldn't be sleeping. So now when I'm sleeping, do I have to feel guilt because I'm not living it like it's like it's the last act of my life? We physically, our bodies are not capable of living every moment like it's the last act of our life.
0: I mean, yeah, I don't, but I feel like it's, that's not quite his sentiment. I think what he's saying is like, like, don't let, don't let the mundane take over so much that you start, you start like forgetting what living life is really like. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Oh, this is the quote that we were talking about earlier where he's like, another more thoroughgoing way of avoiding full immersion in the present is by seeing all of life as stages of preparation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yep.
0: Yeah. And that like, it is true. Like he later says, particularly with our propensity for endlessly reviewing our plans, like a looped soundtrack in our minds. And that's so true. I do that so many, like I do that. I like sit there and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. Like that. And that is, I, that I can like, it caught myself in my tracks. It stopped myself in my tracks because I was like, yeah, I do do that. And there's no need. Like my plans aren't going to change. I don't need to sit and, there like, and you like, You know go your through plans. Yeah. yeah. Like I unless I'm tr- I'm just genuinely trying to get a hold of like, okay, these are the things that I need to prioritize tomorrow. There's no reason to continuously like be thinking about it. Which yeah. I don't think I do a lot. I don't know that I do that a lot a lot, but there are certain times where I'm like, Okay, just chill, like relax. You don't need to like continuously think about like okay, from eight to nine thirty, like this is what you're gonna do. Yeah, right? From nine thirty to ten, this is what you're gonna do.
1: I study my agenda like I have a test on it the next day. <laughs> I really do. Do you really? I literally, well, I, I read it a lot because I almost wonder if it's like a neurotic thing because I, it makes me feel good where I'm like, everything's organized. I have everything set and then I close it and I'm like, it's good. But my agenda throughout my work day is open on my desk all day. And I like the comfort of it being there. I like looking at it. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing as I'm speaking that I might actually have a problem, but <laughs> that's good. That's productive yeah, for this good. episode. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, small wins, small wins. but, but like he says here, like, what could be the, like, we 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 must have some fear of being fully in the present perhaps if because we're so bad at it yeah and like why do we have this fear well of being but in then the present? but
0: then it makes me like so yes definitely that but then like even if we have a fear of the present moment like why are we doing what we're doing because like humans aren't just meant to check off lists you know like we're, we're so much more than that and so like I, it we made are. me think of like this i don't remember what there was some book that i was reading and they talked about like how they tried to create smart goals for the company. Mm. But then people just started making smart goals for like stupid things, like organizing my pencil drawer and like they would create a smart goal, which is like, it's like, what, I don't even remember what are all the things for smart, but like, it's like this whole process, like this framework for something really small. And then they would like check it off and that was the pleasure. Like that's what, that was the value of it. And like Mm. sometimes they would do a task and then make a smart goal for the task. So that they can check it off oh see that's where it gets toxic right
1: because right. you're not actually doing anything you just you just that is a shortcut if you're trying to get like the serotonin or dopamine of like f- accomplishing something without ever act without really doing it
0: like even though yeah. you, even though you did and it and then we're like, not, like we're not even living in the now at that point yeah, we're living we're in the not. past and we want to feel the benefit of if we had done it at that time you know yeah. and yeah. so that's I, it really did stop me in my tracks because i think like sometimes i do spend too much time like, way too much time, like, thinking about, like, okay, what's next on the list, like, yeah, and then when it's done, it's, like, okay, that's done, next, yeah, which, like, shoot, which can
1: be productive and can be good, but you just have to try, like, even, it's, there, there's nothing wrong with, like, having a list of tasks and working your way through them, oh, it's yeah, it's just your mentality and mindset as you're doing them, so that you want to be, like, in it, like, you want to try to enjoy what you're doing, you don't want to just accomplishment and then only feel joy then, right, because then you're wasting your time, right, exactly, but, yeah, and I also like, too, in this, here where he was like he he made a good point made, made me think where he's like maybe we fear living in the present because once we are mindful we we might feel like oh is this it like is mm-hmm. this we, we might be maybe we're afraid of being disappointed by our, the true reality of our situation and we've had more comfort in working towards the next thing and the next yeah, thing. yeah like the next so, best thing that kind of is interesting to
0: think about yeah you know? that is interesting to think about but.
1: All right, we're on our last quote of this entire book, you guys. Yep. Are you still with us this far? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This last quote, maybe one you have heard before. It is, every time I find the meaning of life, they change it, by Reinhold Niebuhr. And uh, that's the title of this book? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: If, you were, if you've been paying attention, yeah, that's
1: the title of this book. So it must be one of his favorite quotes. <laughs> and really, there's not there's not much here to pick apart. It's more just like a nice summary to what we've read. To be like, yeah, there's so much variation. There's so much like try to try your best to keep up with how we're evolving in our thoughts and moralities and views of the
0: world because it well, is always then, changing. And then yeah, and then also in like after all of that, after thinking about all of those different ways to think about life. There is still no one correct answer. So, yes. It's not like there you like read this entire book and you're like, "Oh, that's the meaning of life," you know? Like yeah. it's just like this is all things to think about and understand and and you know what it also it made me realize, you- which I think is like a thing for maybe a message
1: of our entire podcast maybe, where it's like don't like have such a strong grasp on your convictions. Yeah. Like every every time you think you you found the truth, more often than not in this reality that we're in, it's changing Mm -hmm. and like truth like something that we think is truth will be proved wrong later on and then it's something new so you know i'm it's not i'm not saying don't be a person with convictions but don't hold on to them for dear life yeah
0: like don't 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 have such a strong grasp on it that nothing will allow you to let go be be adaptable yeah yeah
1: be adaptable and be open to changing viewpoints and adopting new viewpoints that's basically what me and kavitha have done this entire or tried to do not always successful but try to do this with this entire book it's like try to try on these different viewpoints and philosophies and see you know like look through look look out into the world through that lens Mm -hmm. just to see what it's like see if any of them like stick with us yeah but yeah and that's it that's yeah. our little philosophy adventure.
0: Yeah. It was
1: Well, a what ride. do you think we're
0: going to read next? Something more well, grounded. Actually, well, first of all, what was your favorite part of this book?
1: Uh, A favorite part is so hard. There's so many it different... It doesn't have to be
0: like a chapter, but like what was... What did you get the most My... out of? Like that kind of thing. Like what was your favorite thing you I about love that,
1: the mental it? exercise of reading this and talking about it there was a and I loved the, the it was a gift of many new thoughts that I never thought before mm-hmm. ways to view the world that I literally never crossed my mind and that is a gift to me and I enjoyed that and it truly was mental exercise to try and understand some of these point of views and I enjoyed that aspect as well so I think there was a lot of growth happening and uh it made me also feel, and then final last thing, it made me feel kind of comforted that there's all these people that we talk about in all these different time periods that are wondering really similar things. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it just made me feel like we're all on this ride together and we're all sort of confused, but but that but that doesn't stop us from trying. And that is the human spirit right there. So <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. What That's about you? That's a good you? one.
0: I think my biggest, well, I think one, I have never gone down the philosophy path this mm. intensely. And with so many different viewpoints. So I loved that just from, like, understanding different types of philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then I think other than that, like, I don't know. It was cool to, like, get, like you said, the gift of new thought. Like, I think that there were, like, a lot of things that I would have never thought about or even – yeah entertained. But because of this book, I was like, oh, I never thought about life this way. And
1: you know what this does too? Like it sort of equips us with tools. And like now we have practiced this to try and like to understand maybe like people that we talk to in our day to day when they have like these bizarre outlandish thoughts. Yeah. Where, like that's not going to seem so foreign to us because yeah. we've already like read and hear all these random crazy not not crazy, but like maybe at first we got that impression, but then we learn it and we realize that there's like some tangible things there. So yeah, it's good and for it's us like, to like gain
0: that flexibility. Exactly, and and it's that flexibility that like I don't need to hold on to things so tightly again. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to like, I, or at least like I can have. It made me realize that I can have conviction. of, Like you mentioned, I can think about a way something mm-hmm. and truly believe in that, but then be not en- open enough to it to entertain a different perspective yeah. that would let me let go of something like the way that i've thought about yeah something.
1: and that's pretty substantial because you're coming from a place where philosophy was never something that like you
0: loved in your no, past right no. So, and even now, I wouldn't say that I'm, like, a huge philosopher. Yeah. I don't love it.
1: I definitely came at it from a place where I knew that I loved philosophy. I listened to I one of my regular podcast lineups is, like, some philosophy-based podcast just because I've always liked it. So I think it was interesting for us to come together from those yeah. two different places and, like, try and, you know, figure it out and see what's – see what what our takeaways are so yeah overall good experience yeah solid liked the book yeah um i like that it was so many different thoughts in one that mm-hmm. was an efficient book yeah it was like a philosophy crash course
0: kind yeah, of yeah it was which is cool yeah. um but yeah what do you think we're going to read next i don't know i kind of want to do something like you said more grounded mm-hmm. more like almost like current events, like more current yeah. event I would like that. I'm also ready to like tackle,
1: yeah, like real life events that are uh, difficult to talk about. Yeah. Like I think now that we, this was a good like uh, strengthening exercise for us to be able to discuss like big ideas. But now I want to really tackle some things that are difficult and are, are relevant to us now. Yeah. Same. So. Same. So we'll see. Um, So enjoy the new year, everyone. And we will be back in February. Mm -hmm. So like early February, whatever the first Monday in February is. That's probably when we're going to come back uh, with a brand new book. And so you have a short window to let us know your suggestions and your recommendations for what you want us to read next. So be sure to get those in uh, through uh, you can DM us on Instagram at the open minded reminder. Or you can email us as well at the at gmail.com. So let us know your thoughts and we'll be back in February woo, woo, with something brand new.
0: All right. Okay. Thanks for thanks for being on this journey with us, guys. Yeah, hope you enjoyed it. We sure did. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.